Let's talk about something important. Hello. Hey, Merlin. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Woo! <clears throat> we got a uh, we got the makings for a classic odds and sods episode. We got a lot of sods and a handful of odds. I like that. I like that the best. Those are my favorite. Yeah. Uh, second to the ones where you prepare. Those are my favorite. Bula Vinaka. <laughs> Bula Vinaka. Bula Vinaka Beach side. You reach Fiji. Dan, um, in follow-up, we've gotten a lot of nice emails from people. I feel like I that's how we got to start the show from now on. You bull of Anaka. Yeah. We bull, got a bull of Anaka thing. One know. of us says that. The other one says, you reach Fiji. You reach Fiji. Because um, the guy on the, he's like, what? My poor daughter still doesn't understand why I frequently go, bok, bok. Like no. so many of our <laughs> listeners, I think she's very confused. I know. And you know what? It's a sad moment because Toys R Us is gone. Oh, or virtually that's uh, gone. Cadbury Cream Eggs. Oh, it is? Is it, is it not? I guess it is. But I, I always associate that with the Toys R Us uh, commercial because he's, it, they would go together, I think. Oh, sure. You know, I don't yeah, know. It's just in my the, own in brain. In the afternoon spray yeah. of, uh, of ads. <laughs> yeah, the, um, yeah, that is sad. Yeah. Um, we still got a gift, gift card with some credit on it. Oh, go! You got to use it. They have, they're having a clearance. I, I can't go. I can't go to clearance things. It makes me sad. Once they put <laughs> up those generic banners that say everything must go. Yeah, it's just it makes me so sad. Like, want to buy a fixture? No, I don't want to buy a fixture. This is just too sad. But uh, no, it is. But it's you know it's complicated times. Times of confusion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there are people who say I'm not saying this. But there are people who say someone said this. It has been said. Mm. It has been said. It was so hot today that people were asking. Um, no, it has been said that like a lot of brick and mortar retailers, they whistle past the graveyard on trying to get into the emerging world of e-commerce. Sure. At this point, I'm just quoting Justin McElroy. This is something <laughs> Justin McElroy said, which I think is true. Which is there, 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 there. When they finally did get a website, it was kind of hot garbage. And there was always this, I mean, I, I, I'm, how do you compete with Amazon? I mean, it's difficult, but the nature of what they did, it's kind of like the way malls have gone where like for me, going to the mall is not, going to the mall has not been a very fun thing for me for probably 15, 20 years. Oh yeah. I mean, I remember when I was in high school, I, most of my jobs were in the mall, you know, and, and, and so you wind up spending time in the mall, even when you're not there. You eat, you know, you get a break. You eat. You, you can go with there with a, and, with no money in your pocket and just like just go have fun. Yeah, you know? and that's gone. I think now. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't enjoy being in a mall. Our mall is pretty deserted. I bet they're pretty grateful that the Apple Store is there because that is a well. And here's what they're doing. So our mall, the mall near us, it's about a mile from our house. Don't be creepy. Uh, it was, it was a big mall. It's a big like '80s ish mall, mm-hmm. and it bears some of the upgrades that one has seen over the years. So it's got the whole inside two story mall with a food court. It's got the anchor stores at every end and in right. the middle, and they have pretty good anchor stores. They had Macy's. They had uh, not Nordstrom, but. Um, What's the other big one? They had a couple of big stores. They had a, a ginormous Barnes and Noble. They also had the kind of outdoor like court area, like yes. a more upscale mall. Right. So you got a got an Olive Garden, or as I like to say, Jardin d'Olive. You got you got an Olive Garden. <laughs> you got you got got you some upscale uh, fast casual Mexican food. Yeah. Uh, you got all these different kinds of like slightly upscale fast eating dineries. Well, Barnes and No, oh, that wasn't Barnes and No. I apologize. Borders. It was a very big Borders. Mm. Borders closed. I mean, that place had to be 
what, 15,000 square feet. Yeah, wow. That they repurposed into the world's most useless target. Have you ever been to a useless target? A useless target. Well, okay, there's like three levels of target. I think there's one, I want to say it's like Target Great Lands, but there's the Target stores that are almost like a, like a, um, like, like a super Walmart. There's those targets that are big, 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 big. And then you got your like pretty normal size target, which right. is still like really big. Yeah. And then you got like these junior size targets that are in smaller footprints. Mm. And we got one of those. So it's, it's like the Walgreens of retail where you're like, mm, they kind of have stuff, but it's not like where you, there's just aisles and aisles of stuff, which is kind of, you know, Target's stock in trade. So the borders became that. Um, the giant sporting goods store turned into a Trader Joe's, which is cool because yeah. there's, for the first time in the entire United States, there's ample parking for a Trader Joe's. It's never happened before. Um, and now Macy's, <laughs> the parking, which is ample. I couldn't resist. What's that from? What's <laughs> Lebowski, from? her allowance, which is ample. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I hear someone use that, I always But Macy's that. is gone, daddy, gone. Yes. They are... They are folding their tent pretty darn hard. And it's, it's been a very depress, depressing Macy's for a long time. And they've got like a satellite. You ever get those theaters that used to be like a giant one screen place and they turn it into like like a, a two or three screen place? Yeah. And the, the chairs all point the wrong way. Stuff like that. They never like fix the floor. Like it's really weird. They have one of those theaters. So our whole mall, it's it's kind of a mess. And and going there is just not fun. First of all, it's depressing because a bunch of the places are empty and they do that thing I think we've talked about. They do the thing where they try to make it look like there's stuff there. They have, like It's like Home Alone. They've got like silhouettes of people in the windows. <laughs> Michael Jordan on a train, you know. <laughs> the wet bandits will never figure this out. Uh, so much of that. And then so much, as we've talked about, it's like lotion demonstrations and iPhone screens. It's just all kinds of like, hey, you want to buy a... A really cheap drone? No, stop talking to my family. And like the stationery store and like 150 shoe stores. How can you have so many shoe stores? Who even buys that many shoes? <laughs> and they got Santa when it's Santa time. But it's going to Toys R Us is like, it's kind of fun. It doesn't feel, I mean, obviously I'm not a child anymore per se, mm-hmm. but it's kind of joyless. It, does, it it's not, really, no, it really is. And I, I think one of the, when I was reading about their closing, I one of the things that I I thought was interesting that they mentioned and talked about a lot was how and I actually put an article into our show notes. Show notes are at five by five tv slash b two w slash three seven one. But uh, this, uh, the article says Toys R Us blames Amazon, Target, and Walmart for death blow, and apparently mm-hmm. they um, they uh, other those other companies were discounting products when Toys R Us was at its weakest, and. Um, and they were going to try and sell what remained of the stores that hadn't closed to someone else, but it didn't. It didn't happen. Um, and I but remember didn't they sell it to some like some like investor group. Like so many of these places, they sold it to some place that basically they did like a Goodfellas on it. Yeah, I mean, not yeah. Cent, but I mean, like it just it just added a huge amount of, of terrible debt and all of this not very productive. There was not a desire in this investor group to like grow this business. Well, you know, and here's the thing about about why people would say, well, why was Amazon, for example, so much better? Is it just because you could order stuff? And the answer is yes, that's part of it, but. A bigger part of it is Amazon and Walmart and Target all mm-hmm. sell things besides toys. They have a lot, uh, most of the same stuff that Toys R Us has, toy-wise, but they're also selling a lot of other things. So when it's holiday time, they can 
sell toys as a loss leader. They can they can say, you know what, we're not going to make any money on these toys. Heck, we might even lose a little, but that's all right because we also just sold that sixty five inch screen TV over there, and we also sold a you know a, a, an Apple computer, and we made money off that, and we sold you know a, a whole case of uh, hand sanitizer, and we made money off that. So it's yeah. fine if this toy Barbie is sold for a little bit less. And and that just clobbered Toys R Us. But to your to your point, I think that you were making is like I remember being a kid, and for me, and of course this is you know back in the in the seventies. But for me, like this Toys R Us and the toy store in general, that was like mecca. That was the place to go. It had yeah. anything and everything that I possibly could have wanted as a if child. There was a Star Wars toy. Yes. They had it there, yes. all in the Star Wars area. And right. you, you could not go to Sears right. or another <laughs> retailer to get the same selection and like overwhelming like kid feeling that you got from, what do we have? We had Toys R Us, Children's Palace, like all those different... Yeah, there was you know, another one that was like a play something, Play Mart. I don't remember what it was called, but we had one that might have been like a Philly only kind of a place. But yeah, like you'd go there and now it was... This was the center of the world, you know, anything, what, even video games, they had everything, everything you could possibly want. And it was all in one place. And like you said, it wasn't anywhere else. There was no Amazon. There wasn't a Sears. There wasn't anything. And like when your parents took you to this place, it was like you could just and you could tear through this place and you knew it was, you know, like your parents would let you run through the place and you would be right. free like, it still had it still had scale like even in the 80s and 90s whatever you could still you could buy you could buy star wars you could buy a right. bike in the case of like babies are us like we spent a lot of time there when we got we got a kid cuz there's stuff we're like and and that's that's a differentiator like so how do you make a brick and mortar place valuable today well it has to it helps if it's a place that's near where you are mm-hmm. it helps if it's a place that has a large assortment of things that you can't get somewhere else right you know it's probably a reason that like pet places seem to still do pretty well because we don't know what kind of thing we want we want to go look at all the things and decide it's a lot like having a baby right like you want to go look at the furniture and you want to like make sure it's safe and like will fit in the area but also even for whether this is comics shops bookstores whatever it is any of those retail places i this is a real mushy feeling but like you kind of want to pull for them like I'm pulling for local comic book stores. Me too. I'm pulling for local bookstores. And I, I make a point, I, I, this sounds condescending, but I make a point of spending money at those places even when I don't need to because I believe in them and I support them. They're not going to last forever and I want them to last as long as they can. But like that, you don't, you're not pulling for Toys R Us at this point. And, and it, it's not a, it doesn't feel like a destination. Crap, man. I mean, Costco is a destination. It's a yeah. weird destination, but you can get a hot dog or like a $2 pizza. But like, it's like it's an event to go to Target. Like, yeah. it's a whole thing yeah. that people do. Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, I don't necessarily think the same thing will happen to Target in five or 10 years because there's something, you know, like there are certain things that you can look at online that you can say, you know, yeah, that, that seems fine. I'll just order that online. But there is something about the convenience, the immediacy of being able to go look at a few choices, pick the one that you like, get it right then, put it in your cart. And chances are the prices like at a Target, they're usually a little bit more, but they're not enough more that it makes me say, forget it. I'm not, I, I'll just buy it online. That used right. to be the case. That used to be the case, but I feel like less so nowadays. Well, and as with Costco, to paraphrase uh, Kramer, 
uh, you know, it tickles your buying bone. I think, yeah. I think when you go in a place like that, like, like Costco or like Target, we find ourselves getting things we hadn't expected to get. Like, oh, cool. They have like this $20 Minecraft hoodie. Right. And, and yeah, I also need to get this, you know, gold bond medicated powder <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, sure. Medicated powder. Like there's all kinds of stuff that like it, but having that stuff all in one place, this is not like a very pretty thing to say, but like, I think this is why stuff like, Walmart caught on Walmart. That's a, not the targets that much better, but, um, anyways, I don't know. It's just, it's not, it's not fun to go there. And I think that's the, that's kind of the story with the mall. It really feels like drudgery around the holidays. That's like the last place that I want to go. My Mm -hmm. daughter's terrified of Santa. She doesn't want to go there. She's avoiding the Easter bunny. She doesn't want to see that. Oh my God. Same. uh, My my boy is the same way. My little girl loves all of that. My son is like, no, keep me away from that. No, thank you. Oh, yeah. We were at a Disney property not too long ago, and she was not having it with any of the big head characters. No, thank you. See, that we have never gone to a Disney theme park because of that. There was a time uh, my, my boy was, I'll say he was three years old, and we were at one of these like Learning Express stores, and... You know, like there was a a person dressing up as, I don't know if it was technically Elmo or an Elmo-like being and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, and started walking out and stomping out. And he looked at, took one look at this, turned and ran out the door, down the sidewalk, into the street, crossed the street, and <laughs> and I'm sprinting at full speed, shouting there's, for there's him to stop. Shaped hole in the oh wall. Oh my really. god! <laughs> it was yes, and and ever since then, like still at, at age ten, he still is creeped out. Oh, my daughter is so creeped out. I yeah, I don't want to get too personal, but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like big head characters of things that she adores. Like she got really freaked out by Ernie one time. Like it was very scarring to her. She saw a big Ernie. Yeah. And who wants and to see that? Who thought that would be a good idea? We don't need to see a Muppet. No. From the chest down. <laughs> let's keep our Muppets. Let's keep our Muppets normal sized. And I just need to see the top third. All of the delight is in the top third. No one wants to see a Muppet's feet. No. It's very upsetting. But uh, how did we get started talking about this? Toys are Toys us. Are us. Um, oh, Bok Bok. Yes, Bok. Thank you, Easter Bonnie. Bok We were bok. talking this morning before school. We were uh, kind of cuddling in bed and talking. How do we end up talking about, do you remember the game Mousetrap? Of course. And you know what? It's so funny that you said that because I remember why I got mousetrap as a kid because i went to the toys r us and they had one set up and they had like a, a an employee like playing the game and like kids could come and play the game and like that's smart that's a game yeah. that benefits from a commercial or a demo but it's it's a terrible game it's a really dumb i mean the the, the basis the basic thing is every kid sees that commercial and goes oh man i want to make the marble go down the slide and make the guy jump into the barrel and then the little little thing so we watched like a 70s commercial for it and it's like so the game is you roll a die yes. and you build the mousetrap and then one person gets to set off the mousetrap and that's the game. But it's, it's like a Rube Goldbergian it's thing a Rube Goldberg where you've machine, got a little yeah. a, a marble rolls and it hits a thing and that knocks down a thing and it, there's a tube and a little thing comes out of it. And, and, and at the very last piece is the little cage that drops down over mm-hmm. the mouse piece. When Caps, it's, captures the mouse. Yeah, yeah. 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 But it was, it was, not, a, it was not a good game. It didn't. It didn't have the lifetime scarring ability of something like, say, Sorry, a game that I despised. <laughs> yeah, 
hate you it. did not like what's what's oh, so bad about sorry, sorry. yeah it's so mean I don't like games like that. It just the, uh, ma- the goal like seems to be to make you feel bad. I just don't understand why people bad. are into games. Why are people into games? It's just strange. I had some follow up about a Switch game. If there's time for that, I mean, it's your show. There so, is. You Do you know, want to first you... tell me about? The, we got a couple sponsors this week. Do you want to tell me about uh, something that you like? Hey Merlin, let me tell you all about Slack. Oh my God, are you kidding me? No, we Slack? got Slack. I use Slack, Slack all the time, dude. Slack. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Pump the brakes. You tell me, Slack sponsor the Back to Work program? That is what I'm trying to say, man. Woo! I mean, love me some Slack. Slack is great. I live in Slack all day. It's the one application that the minute that I get into work that I launch straight away. I don't do that with email. I don't do that with messages. I launch Slack because that's where uh, that's where all the all the stuff that I do happens. So there's mm-hmm. two ways that I use Slack. Uh, I use it to talk to Fireside.fm uh, customers and people who are interested in and, and, and almost every cool feature that has come out post initial launch of Fireside has come out of a discussion in Slack with people who are in there saying, hey, it would be really cool if we could do this. And I'll say, oh, tell me more about what you're thinking. And, and then other people will chime in and say, you know what else? We could do this too. Oh, it could work like this. Oh, no, oh, no, no. I need it to do this because this is how I – and you learn so much from that and you talk it through. And so that then when you launch the feature, guess what? There's like five people who are like – this was our idea that we help mm-hmm. contribute to this. The other way I use it is with uh, with other podcast hosts and other people that I collaborate with and work with. And we it, it could be, you know, I have my sysadmin is in there. My other developer who helps me in there, um, you know, my um, the, the, the show producer is in there so that we can talk the whole time. And it, what's wonderful about this is it, you have now a log of what you said. You can, if, if there's somebody says something that's important, you can pin it to the top. You can start it to remember it. it. The search is amazing so that if like a week later, like for example, um, my sysadmin had told me, oh, here's the way to create a new Postgres user. And I, after he told me that, I didn't put it into NVAlt and I just sort of forgot about it. And then I – it came up and I needed to do it again. I didn't want to bug him about it. So I just searched for Postgres and th- there was the message with the instructions there, there forever. It, there, that means what? That I didn't need to bother him about it. I didn't need to email back and forth about it. It's real-time messaging so that you can talk to people. I can't tell you how many times I've coordinated stuff within the context of Slack saying, okay, let's do this. Now I'll get this part. You get this part. It's I mean, it's super easy. It's super convenient. I use it on my phone. And this the other brilliant part of it is that I can be typing something to somebody and say, oh, look, you know, 530 better head out. And when I get home, just pull out the phone. There's the continuation of the conversation right there. It's on your phone. It works everywhere. Follows you around just the way you'd want. What are you doing up in uh, up in Slack? Uh, for reals? I mean, I participate semi-actively in four Slacks, two of which are podcast networks. Three of which are podcast related. No, most okay. So three, mainly three. Um, two are podcast networks, and one is just a, a friends group. And but the the rubber meets the road in one of those podcast groups because that's where we coordinate all the things we need to do for the show. Right. So the co-host, me, uh, two of the the network people, and our producer are all in there. Our you know editor, and so it just makes it so easy for me to say, oh, just hang on. 
uh, this sponsor read has a change at the last minute. So I, I removed the old one. It's here. I don't have to email. I don't have to text. It just all goes in there. And like, you know, one of my favorite gestures is just, you know, uh, the, the reactions, the emoji reactions are great and they're fun, but you know, the emoji reaction of just putting a thumb on something just right. thumbs up. Right. It's just to say, it's to say, act. Like I got this, <laughs> right? Knowledge. Exactly. Like I received this. Thanks. You know, and and he's like, okay, here's the here's the file. I edited the file. This is where the three ad spots are, and everybody can see that. And the folks who run the network can go in any time and check on the progress of those things. And it's there'll be little bursts of activity in all the different little areas. But I love that it doesn't take a huge amount of my time. And you know me, um, I have really carefully set notifications. There are some slacks where I get zero notifications just because right. it's just, I don't need to know. It's just an, I go in and I, I'm not as Syracuse says a completionist. I'll pop in. And there's other ones where it's very important to me. I want to make sure if somebody mentions me, I want to know, or if there's certain kinds of activity. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really, I like the way that it takes a lot of the best of forums or as you say, fora, um, IRC <laughs> email text and puts it into a place where like it's, it, doesn't get in your face unless it needs to be. And I'm really grateful for it. It's made my work a lot better. And it's and it's fun. I get to talk to people, which is nice. I love it too. And it really does make a difference in like the volume of both messages and emails that I get and where I get them. I really like getting everything in one place. And that's mm-hmm. the brilliant part. Oh, and another thing that's super, super like, useful. You know, I was just saying to Syracuse on, on another program I do, like, I, I like the idea of Twitter DMs. Mm-hmm. But first of all, they give me agita because if I see that little white dot next to there, I'm like, ah, why is somebody contacting me? <laughs> right. And it's like, it's just to get this, like, I, I like them and I love hearing from people, but it's this, like, arm over here. It's like this, this it's another inbox that I've got to deal with. And all of the work things that can go into Slack do go into Slack. It's greatly reduced the amount of email I get. And now we're, we're carrying on, but it's a, it's a great service and you guys should try it. Great service. The last thing I'm going to mention about it is a lot of the time, if I'm working with a designer on something, I'll say, oh, you know, there's a bug here in the CSS or could we move this here? I can take a screenshot with my handy dandy uh, keyboard shortcut on the Mac, which is shift control command four. And then you can like select an area or a window. You can paste that right into Slack, just command V uh, to paste it. You can also drag an image that you already have right into Slack and it'll upload it for you and keep it there. And little things like that, little expansion when you paste a website, we are going on and on about it, but it is, it is a wonderful tool and, uh, and I sure do like it. And I use can't it believe they even need to advertise, but I'm glad that they do. Um, get on the Slack. Slack, you know, Slack.com. If you got the, if you got the dough, especially if you got the dough, like get this for your group. You, this would be really good. If you've got an actual grown-up business, get this. This is this is worth, worth every nickel you put into it because it's the kind of thing that's going to make your people more productive. And if you have a good culture, if you want to improve your culture of your company and your team, which is so important as we talk about all the time, this is the place to do it. And I would like to say Slack has one additional feature that no other software application in the entire world has. And I'm not mm-hmm. exaggerating. And, and and this feature is Matt Howie. And oh, so, that's true. so no one else has that except, He's except a feature, Slack. not a bug. That's right. And so if, they if all you the good people there, don't they? If you want to get your Matt, Matt Howie, uh, slack.com. So thanks very much to slack.com for supporting back to work. Bok, bok. And Bok Bok is uh, M&M's. Mm. I just looked it up, put it in the show notes. It's not, oh. I thought, oh, it's an Easter ad for M&M's. Yes. Um, not cat, and, not the cream eggs, and also not the Toys R Us. I thought we covered this. I, I can't believe I messed that up. <laughs> I know, M- I messed it M- up, too. M- What's happening bok, to us? Bok. Yeah. 
Oh, it's, there he is. Buck, yeah. buck. Thanks, Easter Bunny. Thank you, Easter Bunny. Buck, buck. I stand corrected. Bula Vinaka. <laughs> Bula Vinaka Beachside. You've reached Fiji. What? 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 Um, I use I use the wrong <laughs> card for my phone. Now I'm confused. Okay, no, so I have to, I have some some this. some game, some gaming follow up. Gaming follow up. Um, I'm not sure how much I talked about Splatoon two on the Nintendo Switch last time or the time before that, but I would like to revisit this topic briefly to say that uh, Splatoon two has taken over uh, the lives of my children. Mm-hmm. And and my own life, mm. and uh, all all I do aside from writing code, programming uh, the code, you know, programming at doing shows and sleeping is is Splatoon two. Um, I don't know why I got into it all of a sudden because like we've had the game for a while, but some some kind of uh, bit got flipped, and uh, and so I've been tweeting about it, talking about it, and a bunch of people. We have such a great audience, Merlin, because. The audience ha- is, is, I think, a lot like us in that they, um, the, many of them are parents. Many of them have children that are similar in, to our children's ages. And a handful of people, after my tweeting and talking about Splatoon 2, uh, which is a, a I, w- I would like to briefly explain the game and then tell you why I like it and then, and then answer their questions because they're all asking the same question. Yeah, bring it. Splatoon 2, for the longest time... Um, you know, what we would call first person shooter or shooter type games have always been fairly violent. They're about killing other people. There's usually a lot of blood and gore and destruction and things like that. And Nintendo handed to Nintendo for figuring out a way to take that genre and make it absolutely 1000% kid friendly and, and all about having fun in a way that is just purely blissful and enjoyable and suitable for all ages my six-year-old plays this and loves watching my 10-year-old plays it and it is a primarily a multiplayer game and a couple people said to me on twitter well i've i haven't wanted to expose my kids to the nasty dirty multiplayer world of the internet um because there's so much it's a weird thing to pick up the switch and discover that that your 10 year old daughter has made two quote-unquote friends right right i mean that, like yeah. who are these people right but who's chunky lover 69 what is well, this but here's the nice thing about it first of all the way that nintendo did this is the game is you you are you play as in what's called an inkling so you are a little a little uh person and you're a little person. You can be a boy or girl. You can they can wear all different kinds of clothing and gear, which gives them additional little abilities. You can customize their hairstyle and their colors and things like that. And uh, and then uh, you go out. And the goal, at least one of the primary goals of the game, is to ink the ground as part of a team. So there's four players on each team, and they're assigned random colors. So your team might be blue, and the other team might be yellow or green. And uh, and and you're, the people that you play with, unless you've friended them and are kind of trying to play together, they're always different people, random people, and they're from everywhere in the whole world, all variety of ages. Uh, and the goal is to run around inking the, the most ground. So whoever wins the most Whoever wins is the team that has inked the most ground. And of course, once you ink the ground, the other team can come through and ink it with their color. And so you're just piling color on top of color as you're running around playing. You can also splat other people by instead of inking the ground uh, by inking them. And that sends them back to their starting point. Um, but there are all kinds of fun little abilities and add-ons and things like that that you get in the game. But the interesting part about it, the most fun part about it 
is how intense and how crazy it is and, uh, and, and how exciting and fun. But what they've done to make this safe is there is no voice chat. There is no chat of any kind. There is nothing. No one can say anything to anyone else except two things. You can say booyah, uh, or you can say this way, which lets people know to come to where you are. Um, and I think you can say ouch after you get splatted and that's it. Uh, and those are just a little key press. So it's, it's completely safe. You're not exposing. The only thing you see is the nickname that you've chosen. That's the only identifier. So if you, if your nickname is something, uh, you know, you, you know, like your name, you can change that. And that's the only way that anyone knows who you are or what you're about or where you're from. It's completely anonymous. It's complete fun. It's a, a wonderful, fun, joyous experience. And Nintendo just nailed it. And um, there is a single player component to it or component. Uh, but I, I haven't really spent much time with it because the multiplayer is, is so fun. And the higher you get, the more battles you win, uh, the more you play, the more kind of cool little weapons and gear and things that you get access to as you go. And so it's um, and battles, by the way, battles are three minutes long, super oh, short, nice. super short battles so that you can it, it also be. And because the switch is such a portable little device, you anywhere there's an Internet connection, you can jump in and play, you know, five, ten minutes worth of, of gaming and then get out and you're done. And it's like really, really great. So they've done such a good job with this. But a lot of parents uh, fellow parents were out there asking me like, Oh, is this okay for my kid? Like it's the most okay. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's the most okay game I've ever seen. So there's more company. That's what I wanted to, uh, to say Splatoon two. And, uh, if you want to, you can uh, message me on Twitter. I'm Dan Benjamin and, uh, we could trade gamer tags over DM and then we can, Ooh. we can play with or against each other. Nice. Yeah, my and weapons. So the weapons, phase. the weapons are paint rollers and paint brushes and squirt guns and things like that. It's great. No harming. No yes, harming. no harming. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. I'm just gonna jump in. I, I've never played it. My daughter, right now, she's obsessed with. She's obsessed with Animal Crossing. But oh yeah, you know, she was super obsessed with Splatoon for like two weeks. It was like all she wanted to do. <laughs> it looks. It looks super duper. Super fun. fun. I love the Switch. Good. Good pick. I'll put that in the show notes. Splatoon 2. I'll find a good video of the gameplay to give people an idea what it looks like. Um, oh, uh, one other thing. Uh, we've talked about this already, but people keep asking me this. They ask, do you buy digital uh, downloads or do you um, do you buy the cartridges? And I always buy the cartridges. And, they, and, the, and the response people say is, well, then you've got to swap out cartridges. Yes, you do. And that's not a huge deal for us. But what it does is it saves space on your Switch because... Uh, if you download the game, obviously it has to be stored on the switch instead of on the cartridge. And even more important, once you get bored of the game, which is inevitable, I mean, you will eventually get bored of it. There is a, um, there you, you can sell that on eBay or take it to your local game store and they'll give you money for it. And you can't do that with a digital purchase. So and they taste go. terrible. They do. They really do. They're so nasty. They're horrible. It's a bittering agent. Ugh. Toy, excellent pick. I um, apropos of nothing, I wanted to recommend two general interest nerdy books that my daughter and I both really liked. Oh, cool! One, the first one is a book I first discovered when I was in college, um, many many years ago, and it's a book called Rules of Thumb by Tom Parker. 
And it's pretty much exactly what it says. It's just a bunch of little short, usually two or three sentence things about, you know, little things that or may not 100% be true, but it's a good little guide. Mm-hmm. And I, I love stuff like this. It was, I have to say, the notion of things like this, very influential on 43 folders. Uh, I, I, I love this. And the guy still updates it, which is really cool. Um, and they're just these little short things. Let me find some good ones for you here. Uh, let's see. Uh, the heart rule. A healthy person's heart is about the size of his or her fist. Hmm. The hugging need. Four hugs a day are the minimum needed to meet a person's skin hunger. Don't Wait, how, how much of a hug? You're supposed to get four hugs a day. Four hugs no, per no, day. Yeah, no Christian side hugs. We've tried to start doing this at our house, and we don't always hit it every day, but it's been very nice for us. <laughs> Christian side hugs. Drafting a speech. Professional speech writers budget an hour and a half of research, thinking, and writing for every minute of speech. I thought that was interesting. Okay. Sizing your hat. If you can stick your thumb under the brim, it's too big. Uh, let's see. Huh. When a person telling an emotional story slips from per- first person to third person, he or she has reached the point where the feelings start to become overwhelming. Well, that's from a therapist. You, you mean instead of saying, I, I then did this, they, they start referring to themselves in the third person? He? I guess they kind of detach a little bit and describe it more as an outsider. Huh. If a polar bear charges you from behind, dodge to the right. Eskimos what? say most polar bears are left pod. That's bizarre. Let's see here. Anyway, it's to- totally random. You, I got the South Kindle. Paw you is all- what we would call that. Oh, that's adorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, to estimate the amount of food you should eat in one sitting, clasp your hands together. The meal should be no bigger than your hands. If it is, you're eating more than your body needs. Wait, clasp your hands like cupping them or, or holding well, clasping. them? Clasping. Okay, so I know two tricks with hands. So one trick with hand, actually three tricks. One trick with hand is if you're healthy, your fist is the size of your heart. Got it. Clasp your hands together like, you know, fingers intertwined. Okay. That's supposedly the amount of food you should eat. I'm not so sure about that. That's nothing. Third one, try making two. This is from the book. Try making two fists, put them right next to each other. Make two separate fists, put them next to each other. That's the size of your brain. Dude, my brain's so much bigger. I know, totes. Uh, when an instructor says, please That's correct a me sorry if I made a brain, mistake. I'll tell you what. When an instructor says, please correct me if I made a mistake, do it once and only once. Uh, the sale price of a small business should be between seven and ten times the average profit of its last three years in operation. I love this one. If you're speeding on a rural interstate, follow young men in pickup trucks with local plates. They know where the speed traps are. Okay. I love books like this. I love all this random information. So that's the uh, that's rules of thumb. I like that. You can get, they, I got a little hard copy for my daughter. I got a Kindle for me. That's by Tom Parker. He even has a uh, 43 folders tip in here, which made me really happy. Um, so that's good. The other one that I got and really like, because I, you know, I'm a reference book nerd. This one is so cool. It's a book by Barbara Ann Kipfer. Barbara Ann Kipfer. Kip- Kip, the book is called The Order of Things, colon, Hierarchies, Structures, and Pecking Orders. Uh-oh. And it's another one of these little nerd books. And it's like, you know, kind of like uh, we every year. We always buy Guinness Book of World Records. We always buy the World Almanac and Book of Facts. I love just these long lists of like, this is, and so this is tons of hierarchies and lists. And it's so addictive. Stuff like, you know, what is the order of ranks in the Air Force? Stuff like, you know, um, just all kinds of stuff. So here's what it is. Here's the elevator pitch. Barbara Ann Kipfer has elevated a list to high art and best-selling pleasure, a foremost expert of classification. In the order of things, she does for life what her previous books do for happiness and wisdom, D-D-D, uh, smog alert states, rainforest layers, coal sizes, 
um, ending with general knowledge and philosophy. You can learn. You can learn. You, Dan, you can mm-hmm. go in. It's got a whole section on religion or religious-ish things. So you can learn about uh, what do you get? The seven meats, the three cheeses, the five precepts, the eightfold path. It's all in there. It's in there? It's in there. It's a really fun, uh, we used to say a toilet book, but we don't say that anymore. The Order of Things, Hierarchies, Structures, and Pecking Orders by Barbara Ann Kipfer. Uh, very fun. Kipfer, paperback, seven ninety eight. It is in show notes. I like to share with people when I find something I like. Yeah, I love that. We started, uh, my daughter's now obsessed with uh, Dr. Horrible. Dr. Horrible sing-along blog. Did you ever watch that when it was uh, a thing? I think. Is that the little round guy? The little round guy? Sure. Uh, it's uh, it's Count Olaf. Count Olaf as uh, this guy. Uh, uh, what's his name? Doogie Howser. Um, yeah. Neil Patrick Harris. Barbara Ann Kipfer. Kipfer. Neil Patrick Harris as this guy who wants to join the Evil League of Evil, and he has to fight uh, Nathan Fillion, and he's in love with Felicia Day, and it's like 42 minutes long. And Joss Whedon and his two brothers made it during the writer's strike in 2008. On a very small budget, but it's really delightful and has great music in it. Hmm. So we've been watching that. And if you get the Blu-ray, Blu-ray, the only way you can buy it online that I could find was on Amazon Prime Video, Mm -hmm. where it's a little overpriced for an SD 42-minute feature, in my opinion. But Mm -hmm. if you get the Blu-ray, you get a nice version of it. You get several commentary tracks, and you get a whole separate meta-musical about the musical and about the writer's strike Mm. done by the cast and writers. Remember that strike? I sure do. That's how a friend of the show, Rob Cordry, started Children's Hospital. It started as like, well, we can't – I was trying to explain the writer's strike to my daughter because I don't think I really – I mean, on the one hand, you say, like, okay, well, TV kind of shut down for a while because you, could, you were not allowed to have writers that were not union members and the whole union would not let people write. But then how did they make this? I think it's that producers were not allowed to hire writers is how it worked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you had a home improvement or whatever, you couldn't hire somebody to come in and write it for you, but you could do your own thing. And that's how Children's right. Hospital started. It started as, like a, I think, a YouTube series. Go to YouTube. You get a strike, go to YouTube. Brought Henry Winkler back into our uh, awareness. Well, that's not entirely true. I guess he was already in Arrested Development. Hey. Hey. He's going to be such a good Michael Cohn. Um, mm. Wait, no. So is Zuckerberg testifying now? I think he's probably just. Right, I thought you were covering that live. Well, I had it in a PIP on Hulu. <laughs> Hulu's got PIP. It's nice. If you're watching on your iPad, you can have the little screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I dismissed it though because I wanted to focus on uh, Rules of Thumb by Tom yeah, Parker. I don't blame you. That mother scratcher. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> it's time I rewatched that. He's got he's got the sandwich and was the spherical object in the road. <laughs> He's got the sandwich in one hand and the head in the other. Bill Parker? <laughs> it's good. It's still good. I'm an idiot. Damn, it's good. I'm an idiot. No. I'm an idiot. Stupid. <sighs> uh, let's see. Uh, other follow-up. As of last night. Mm, what happened? Wait a minute. What happened last night? We should save this for a spoiler alert special, but I just wanted to say, mm-hmm. wow, mm. wild, wild country. Oh, you finished? You me, Did you finish it? No, 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 no. Oh. You told me about it two weeks ago. Yes. Last week, I was two and a half episodes in. And as of last night, I finished the penultimate episode. Mm. I think we need to table it for now. Okay. But I'm just going to say it's a very, very good documentary that I really can recommend. It takes you places. It's, it's really <laughs> it's great. quite a thing. 
everything about it is is really great the way it's done the way it's produced and and again the story that like the storytelling is very very good yeah. and the the whole like videography and the editing and and the way the interviews work uh wild wild country on netflix i wanted to endorse dan's endorsement of wild wild country uh, the short version, with no spoilers, is that there was a religious movement that started in the late 60s with this guy, the Bhagwan, started in India, got too big for India, and uh, hijinks happen when they decide to build um, a basically a, a city in, in, uh, in Oregon, and it's a hell of a story. Yeah. There's some very, very interesting characters. That shield is interesting. My goodness. Yeah. She's got a lot of balls in the air. <laughs> Yeah, she does, doesn't she? But then the Hollywood people come in. You got these guys over here. Whoo, Jiminy Christmas. Mm. <sighs> wild Wild Country. That's right. I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it. That makes me happy. Mm-hmm. It's very, very well done. Um did you here here's other things I've got. I got a little bit of font follow up. Mm-hmm. Um I could mention Tic Tic, I probably don't need to. I mentioned the two books. Um I think, Dan, mm. this is the week, unless something else comes up in the next few minutes. Oh. I think this is the week we need to finally answer the what about social media at my company All right. email from okay. months ago. Let's do it. Do you feel like we can do yeah, it? Yeah, I think we can do it. Uh, could Grace tell you about uh, something that you like? I would like to tell you about, hello. Ha ha, hello. 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 Hello, pillow. Uh, this is a, this is a very very special kind of a pillow. It's it's I sleep, a buckwheat. I sleep on one every night, every goddamn night. I you like this? It. You're in, you're into the pillow. I don't want I don't want to cut you up. I don't want to pillow block you. <laughs> I bought two. I bought two of them and made a super pillow. Come what? No, nope, throw it back to me. Throw it back to me. How did you do that? Ah, Come damn, on, damn, tell tell me, no, tell me how you did that. Tell people what a hell hollow pillow is. A hollow pillow, pillow is a, it is a buckwheat pillow. This buckwheat. is this is different <laughs> from. <laughs> From but, but buckwheat. When most people think of a pillow, they're thinking of one of two things. They're thinking of those yes. garbage flat things. You get a Gordon Ramsay shoots his lamp on one of those things. Woo! I got to tell you what. Or they're Foam thinking of feather crap of of you know something filled with feathers or fake feathers that you have to sort of ball up into a little like Ugh. hockey puck underneath your head at night. Just put a sweatshirt in another shirt. Ugh. You're living like an animal. Yeah, it's not It's not good. Well, anyway, Ugh. these buckwheat pillows, it, most people are familiar with a beanbag or a hacky sack, as, as Merlin would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what they're filled with is they're filled with buckwheat. And these do not collapse under the weight of your head. They're, they're, when you first feel it, you're like this, the first experience you have, and I actually, a friend of mine just got hers yesterday and slept on it last night for the first night and i was talking to her about it earlier today and she's loving this thing she's like all i ever want is to get support for my head and my neck when i'm laying down in bed and i'm tired of pillows collapsing she's like, this one doesn't do that she's like this one just i set it up so that my head was comfortable i made the little shape that i wanted to be in she's like i fell asleep i woke up in the same position my head was comfortable no shoulder because she has like ongoing shoulder tightness and issues she's like i didn't have that for the first time in forever and that's the whole point of this is it's supposed to eliminate that it's supposed to make it so that you don't have crazy pressure on different things it's going to stay cool it's going to stay dry it's going to breathe and uh and it, it holds its shape it's customizable. You know, it's not like a one size fits all. You you can if you, when you get it, if if you're like, you know what? There's a little too much here. You can take some of the the uh, buckwheat out. 
customize check out the buckwheat. But what did you do with your super? Well, okay. Super first pillow? of all, the hollow pillow—it's it's difficult to describe because this sounds like just another one of these like sleep brand, right? Um, but it does something really unusual. So yes, it's got these these uh, what would you call them husks? What are they called? Yeah, but like buck, but buckwheat, it's, hy- it's buckwheat hy- husk. this hypoallergenic pillow that does something really improbable, which is it has a lot of the features that you would want from different um, uh, pillows that want to do conflicting things. You know, as you learn as a grown up, people say, Oh, I want a soft bed. I want a soft pillow. Mm-hmm. Mm, you probably mm-hmm. don't. You, you probably want something that's not exactly soft. And what this does is it does the most amazing thing. Uh, just you get, you get the hollow pillow, like straight out of the box, you run this thing. It's great. It, it, it is very comfortable to lay on. You put your face on it, you put your head on it, and wh- whatever kind of sleeper you are, it will accommodate you and not move around and not push back. Right. Like if you've made the pillow go a certain way, it stays that way. If you want to change it, you can change it. And I've been very happy for, I think, a couple of years. This is, God, back in the Dalrymple report, report days, I think I got one of these. But I like it a lot. But I thought, you know what? I kind of want to go the extra mile. So I did a crazy thing, which is I bought a second hollow pillow, which I, I probably didn't need to do, but I like the company. And I put about half of the husks from that pillow into my existing pillow. And now I have got one very large baller Oh, pillow. Nice. It's super duper comfortable. One of my sleep hacks I like to do, I try really hard to not sleep on my back. Even though I sleep best on my back, it's also when I snore the most. Mm. So I try really hard to sleep on my side and on my stomach. And one of the things I like to do, this is personal, I like to turn it uh, an eighth of a turn so that the pointy side is kind of going down. And you can make yourself a nice little nussly nest with the hollow pillow <laughs> that you would not be able to do. You can even have a little bit of extra under your neckal area so you got a little bit of extra support. You make this pillow anything that you want to make. It's I I I'm, I can honestly say I, I sleep on one of these every night. I, I didn't know they were going to be on until today. Um, I really like this pillow. I I don't know if it's for everybody, but I really like it a lot. I've been very very happy with it. Well, that. and you know what? It is really tough to decide if it's going to be for you when all you do is hear two guys like us talking about it, and then you look at the website and you're like, well, I, maybe maybe it'll be awesome. Maybe it won't be awesome. I don't know. Well, here's 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 the best part. You get it, and you get to sleep on it for sixty nights. If it's not oh for you, goodness. you just send it back, and they give you a refund, and that—that's all there is to it. Because guess what? You won't know if it's right for you until you sleep on it for not just like one night, but a whole bunch of nights. They're giving you basically two months, sixty nights to sleep on it and find out if you like it. And so they have a special URL. It is Hello Pillow, and that's spelled H U L L O, like Hull Hello. H- hello, 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 pillow.com slash back to work that supports the show. Uh, and, uh, and it, it lets you get this amazing pillow. Now, if you try more than one, you'll get a discount of up to $20 per pillow. It depends on the size as far as how much of a discount you could get. Uh, they've got free shipping on every order and 1% of all of the profits are donated to the nature conservancy. So they, uh, oh, nice. they're helping the world. And that URL again is hello, pillow.com slash back to work. And we appreciate their ongoing support of the, our friends over at Hello. Buck, buck. Dan, mm. um, Mark Zuckerberg is not looking good. Oh, what, what, what is he doing? What's happening? Well, first of all, I mean, let's not be too specific, but, you know, he's still kind of clinging to the idea that he's not losing his hair, and it's kind of weird. Oh. You know, he's doing that thing. He's got the little fence. Oh, gosh. But setting that aside, first of all, he looks like he's wearing like his brother who died in Vietnam's huh. suit. Yes, I saw the suit. And he looks like he is very close to throwing up. The entire time that you've been talking, I've been looking at this. I'm listening very carefully to your hollow pillow read. But he really does not look like he's happy. Let's put it this way. He certainly does not seem like 
the kid in the Facebook movie. <laughs> yeah. He, he doesn't look so cocksure about how he's going to go back to changing the world when Chuck Grassley's done talking. <laughs> oh, he does not look oh, happy. Man. I'm so sorry. I'm so very, very, very sorry. You see, part of the problem is that our entire business depends upon abusing the thing for which I'm here today. Any questions? What's that from? David Pumpkins, man. Uh, No, I don't know. Um, No, no, it's not a thing. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, it's pretty... Moving on to Bill Nelson now. Moving on to Bill Nelson. Bill Nelson's talking now. Oh. (laughs) Bill Nelson looks like a Bill Nelson mask. Like if you were playing himself for Halloween. Oh, like he's he's not real? Mm, yeah somebody said that it's, that was a great bit somebody said that about wayne lapierre wayne lapierre looks like one of those president masks for halloween but it's like of every president it's not <laughs> it doesn't look like any he looks like all of the presidents as a halloween mask anyway i'm done commenting on people's appearance mm-hmm. mark zuckerberg still looking like he wants to throw up a little bit well what else do we have we've got oh just quick follow follow up on fonts did you have anything to to add about font? Yes, things? yes, I absolutely we got a couple a uh, couple of nice emails and toots from people suggesting uh, doing some follow up and some suggestions. Yes, well, the first one that I uh, that I was paying attention to anyway was one that I had mentioned. Fira Mono, Fira Mono is that's the Firefox, font, right, right? The Firefox and Mozilla font that they released, and a lot of people said I didn't hear you mention Fira Code, which I've put into the show notes. Fira Code is I, I'm guessing that because uh, Fira Mono was released essentially in an open source way, uh, the Fira Code people uh, went in and made essentially an extension to Fira Mono with ligatures. So if you're a programmer, you're typically using like multi-character combinations like colon equals or uh, greater than or equal to, etc. Things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're doing Rails, you're doing the... Um, the, the uh, hash rocket symbol a lot. So all of these things are, uh, are, are, can be abbreviated in a way that looks a little bit classier uh, with these ligatures. So that if you were to um, put a, you know, like not equal to, it would convert it the way that we would have written it in school, which is like an equals with a line through it instead of a exclamation point oh, and an equal. Wow. That's so, bold. That's a bold <clears throat> move. Yes, and it, it, because it's monospaced, it takes up the same spacing, um, but you get these pretty little ligatures that uh, that look uh, pretty cool that a lot of people like. And so it, there's actually a detailed drawing of, uh, of all of the different options that you have uh, for within Fira Code for all of these different ligatures. So this is something that... A ligature. Yeah, so, so ligature. people might like that, but uh, enough people commented and said, Dan, you didn't mention Fira Code. You forgot. Now I've mentioned it, and there it is. And so that's uh, another thing. I have, since we talked, I have switched to using uh, the Plex. I remember when it first came out, I tried it out and I thought, oh, this is pretty good. IBM Plex? Yeah, IBM Plex. But since you uh, talked about how great it was, I said, oh, let me just dive in. And I've been using it for coding and also in Terminal. And I have been loving it. So that's my wow, current cool. font choice based on And it's your crazy that like the – so I, I, I've been using it uh, for a few weeks in uh, Envialt as my like text editor font um but but like i said also it comes with this family of really nice like display faces and text faces it's it's really nice it's not it's not too much personality but it's a little bit of personality it's got a little bit of pop to it i'm glad you like it yeah loving it oh look at that plex mono extra light that's pretty and then what else did we have 
that somebody was there another one somebody recommended that was the main one I just wanted to follow up on but thanks to anybody, everybody who's been um, letting us know about that this is something people have a lot of opinions about people have very this is one of those funny things where like people have very strong preferences and opinions about this and they, they care a lot and then there are going to be other people who look at it and go like what are you talking about they're all the same but but there are differences and uh, per last week as we said last week it's valuable to go out and just have a look and see if any of these uh, might be something you want to try and given that there's such an embarrassment of riches of these open source and free as in beer fonts. Uh, go try them out. They're really cool. I love it. Love. I, and you know what? If you, if you guys find something that we haven't found yet, I mean, at least for me, I would like to hear about it. So you can hit me up on Twitter, Dan Benjamin. Dan Benjamin Send it Twitter. over. Uh, don't hit me up. Hit Dan. Up. Yeah, him, leave Merlin alone. Leave the guy I alone. I don't like people. No, he's got enough to worry about. I got a lot of problems. Zuckerberg's still not looking real good. My here. wife actually just right now texted me and said, uh, she says, she said he has a deer in the headlights look on his face the whole time, no reaction to anything being said. That's what she he just, just texted yeah. I mean, yeah, the poor guy. Poor Mark Zuckerberg. All he wanted to do was make life difficult for women at Harvard. God bless him. <laughs> Thank you for your yeah, important that's, work, Mark. That's what he wanted. Kukuna Matata and Bula Vinaka. <laughs> Bull of Anaka. Bull of Anaka beach side. Bull of Anaka. Okay, should we do this thing? Yeah, why not? Do you want to tell me about something like now or do you want to tell me about it later on? I'll, you know what? Since you brought it up, mm-hmm. let's get it out of the way. We'll do it now and then we'll be, we'll be clear for the rest of the show. Okay, please stay tuned. We have another important sponsor coming. This is going to take a minute to read. Okay, I have unilaterally withheld the name of the listener. Yeah. If that listener w- wants to hit us back after this, he or she knows who he or she is. It's a woman. Um, can I read this whole thing? It's really long. Yeah, read it. <clears throat> Thank you for sending this in about 1978. I'm sorry, we're just now getting to it. We were listening to the new Neil Young album. Okay, here's the question. I haven't heard you guys talk too much about social media etiquette in the workplace on the show. And let's just be clear. I don't know how to answer this. That's the kind I really like. This question has been bugging us for a while. My husband and I have had a small creative company with a handful of employees since 2000. Turnover is almost non-existent, so most of our employees have been with us for 10-plus years. All of our stuff has been either Gen X or borderline Gen X up until the past one to two years. We hire a lot of freelancers, and they're often millennials. But the core staff that's in the office every day, and a lot of our freelancers are Gen X. That would be somebody my age, right? Yeah. Gen X is somebody our age, I would say. Uh, uh, A millennial is going to be more like an Alex Cox age person. How old's Hattie? Is she, is she a Gen X or a Millennium? Uh, she's, she's a Millennium, right? She's a Millennium, yeah. Okay, okay. But the I, I think if you're, if you're 35 or younger down to, I would say, 21 now, hey, I, like, think, my, my, I think our, our kids are what, what do they call what? Gen Z? Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not one of those avocado people. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> my husband and I are in our mid-40s. New paragraph. When it comes to Facebook and Instagram... We have in the past waited until our employees followed us before following them. We feel like these platforms, at least for Gen Xers, are somewhat personal. As the employer, I want our employees to feel like they can post whatever crackpot or political stuff they want on Facebook without fear of being judged by me. So good for her. That's cool. In one case, we had someone working for us for 10 years, and we were never friends on Facebook. We have another employee who I'm not friends with on Facebook, but we do follow each other on Instagram. This is well written. New paragraph. So, we hired this 26-year-old about a year and a half ago, and I was going to follow the same protocol. However, at one point early on, she was going on a trip for work and mentioned something about sharing photos, and we ended up following each other on Instagram so I could check out the pics she was taking on the trip that I was paying for. 
Paren. She travels all the time for work to really fun, exotic places. Close Paren. I know that she's also following – this is kind of where it gets a little – a little more nut, 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 nut filled. I know that she's also following and is followed by a lot of our freelancers and clients. Recently, I saw that she had liked a photo by a mutual friend and I started thinking, she never likes my posts and I never see anything she posts in my feed. Why? My husband noticed the same thing. So we checked it out and realized that she had unfollowed us and somehow blocked us off from mm. seeing her post. I don't even know how she did this. Meanwhile, she's posting things and presumably interacting all the time with our clients. Other than this and several typical millennial traits that are annoying, (laughs) we have a great relationship with her. Three-part question. One, should I be offended by this? I'm kind of offended since I've tried to be so sensitive to our employee's comfort level. I even asked her in advance if it was okay to follow her and she acted like it was a grandma type of question. Two, should we say something to her? Three, should we either forbid employees from friending clients or require that we can see their posts? This isn't something that I'm losing sleep over, but it is something that I'm just sort of stumped about. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you think this is a question other Gen X listeners might be wondering about, name withheld. I We got this a long time ago. It's yeah. a very long question. I think it's going to be a fairly long answer. I think it's a very interesting question with a lot of layers to it. I mean, starting at the beginning with, is this even something that I should be worried about? I mean, don't so many problems begin with, am I weird to even be wondering if this is a thing? So that instantly got my attention. Right. And then, you know, you walk into this with this self-doubt of like, well, like, am I, am I the grandma here? Like, am I the weirdo? Like, you know, why should I feel weird about saying this to my play? And I, so I just wanted to talk about that, Dan. What do you, what do you think about listener last name withheld? She and her husband's Gen X style problem with uh, young people on social media. How should she approach this? What should she be thinking about? Well, I agree with, with all of these as being valid questions because the etiquette of social media, like we were around and lived the majority of our lives without social media of any kind. It's new. But for people who are millennials, it it kind of happened while they happened. You know, you uh, I know people who uh, were in college within the last five to 10 years, it's all about Facebook. You, you, when you meet someone, a friend, a new friend, somebody you might be interested in, and especially in the days before Tinder, um, you, you would Facebook friend them. You wouldn't Mm -hmm. exchange phone numbers. You wouldn't even necessarily like message one another in a traditional way. You were using Facebook messenger typically to message these people. So like, that's how integrated it is to their, uh, their their consciousness, and so mm-hmm. any question you ask about it is going to be determined as I did. She call it a grandma question. I mean, like if you even have to ask, you're completely clueless, and it's kind of like out of it. But I don't know. I also think that's kind of weird. Like I, uh, I have I know people who are millennials for sure, and uh, some of them have everything is all still in their in their timeline like every party they went to every you know drunken uh, pa- uh you know party that they've ever been to the pictures of them with their solo cups are you know in full view on their profile and doing all kinds of stuff and then i know other people who have sort of gone back and like when they had to start looking for a job they went back and sanitized their timeline so that only things that they um that they really wanted a potential input because listen, when I'm hiring someone or if I'm hiring someone, I'm absolutely going to look them up on Twitter and Facebook, especially if they are, 
putting those links on their uh, resumes, which they which they do. And mm-hmm. it's not because I'm like wanting to be creepy, but I'm very curious to see like what what are they putting out there as representing themselves? Because right. you know, like you might it, want to like think about. I mean, there's, I know there's all kinds of things involved with hiring. My wife's always reminding me how complicated the world of yeah human resources. Like she works for a large institution. It's very mature and has lots of structure. And, right. Um, but you, I mean, I don't know if you're allowed to say this, but like you would want to maybe get a bead on what kind of person that person is. Yeah. And I mean, how did you say, it? I don't know if, you, if you're allowed to say this, but like, what's, what is their character and judgment like? Right. Like, believe me, don't hire me. My character and judgment are terrible. But like, if you're like a real person trying to get a real job, if you're just out of college, you want to distinguish yourself, you want like, how do you, you know, the way that you present yourself on social media to somebody our age feels like it's definitely like inbounds. Don't, don't you think? Yeah, I do. Um, I don't know. The whole thing is kind of weird. And yeah, and, and, and I just want to reiterate, like, it's not something that I think, I think it shows more the gap in the generations based on this kind of thing. But I do think that it was really weird where she says that, um, you know, like following someone like, I don't know. Is that a personal, like to, to, to someone our age, like following someone that actually like says something like, why did you follow that person? Well, that person was like interesting to me and like, or I know them in real life. And like, I'm going to like now engage in some relationship of some kind or another with Mm -hmm. this other human being. That's what following means. Whereas to somebody I think who's, who's deeply in the social media world, like, I followed a thousand people who, who cares? You know, I'm, I met someone at a grocery store and they made a funny joke and now we're friends on Facebook or I followed yes. this person on Instagram because I liked their one photo that they had and there's nothing more to it than that. And so I think we, uh, who, who are people who grew up in a very, uh, analog kind of a world where like, you know, it, it might take meeting someone several times before you would consider them to be a friend. It might take meeting a friend many times before you would consider them to be a close friend, you know, before you would share something personal and private. And now, you know, people are quite willing to take a picture of themselves in, in the outfit they're thinking about wearing that day with their, you know, their bedroom in full view behind them and, you know, their home address basically public and like people are have a whole different concept of it. But I do think it's weird that this person like blocked them um isn't that what that's what what she said they did right like they i think that's that's the crux yeah i mean i i doubt she would have written this email if that hadn't happened right but i do think there's more to it i, I mean i think it's revealing that it's a woman she that she um is giving us so much good context for this by the way this is a great way to write to us is to give us good context yeah um, so I'm, I'm thinking though, like before we even get to like, how do you deal with the, I mean, at the nut of it, isn't that the problem? The problem is the blocking part. The, right. the, the primary problem is that like she's blocked and is not sure why and whether she should be fussing about that. I, I can tell you what I think it would be. I think, I, I think there's only one reason. I think it's that she's posting stuff that she might think would jeopardize her job because maybe she thinks that her employers wouldn't like it. And that could Mm -hmm. be her standing in a bikini with a solo cup. 
It could be a picture of her, you know, boyfriend who's heavily tatted out. It could be she's on a roller coaster ride and maybe she thinks her employees wouldn't like roller coasters. Who knows what it is, but there's right. something there that that the employee thinks their employers wouldn't like to wouldn't like and I and I believe she feels it would threaten her job. That's my uh, one theory. My second theory is maybe she's trying to keep her personal life and her work life separate. And uh, maybe she, when the, the employer uh, said, Oh, you know, let me, let me follow you. And she's like, sure, you can follow me. No problem. But didn't know how to say no, or didn't know how to say, you know what? I kind of want to keep my work and personal life separate. I hope that doesn't offend you, but you know, like the stuff that I post on there, that's about like me personally and, and who I am at work and what I do here doesn't have any bearing on what I might do at, you know, 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday. And I kind of want to keep those things separate. I hope you can respect that. I don't know if maybe this employee felt that way, but, or could have expressed it that way, but those are the only two explanations I could come up with. Maybe, you know, something else. Well, the, 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 in the interest of, um, Seeking first to understand, I guess something that's implicit in what she's saying, I guess somewhat explicit, is like, well, you know, uh, this general, the generational thing also can be kind of a trap because everybody's different. Right. You can't just say a generation is a certain way, but like, what is there, before we try to address the blocking part, like, what, is there a fundamental disconnect in how we think about social media, how we mm-hmm. use social media, and our expectations of other people? And to me, an, an interesting inflection point there is her saying, okay, I, I, as somebody of our age, you might really think it's normal to say to your employee, like, is it okay if I follow you? You know, we, people of our age may have a slightly different view about that kind of thing. She shook it off and thought it was a weird grandma question. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that this younger person sees this, like somebody our age is more like, oh my gosh, you stop following me. What's wrong? Do you hate me? Is it possible <laughs> that somebody younger doesn't see it that way? That they see yes. it as like, we're just these autonomous people just doing our thing. Like, you're not allowed to even notice what I do with your stuff. Like right. the place, the place to have comments is where you make your hearts and your stars, but like, there's not going to be a secondary channel for like talking about what we're talking about. I mean, is that possible if we start with like the most generous explanation? I mean, what's the most generous explanation of blocking your employer? Yeah. I mean, um, it sure seems weird. Yeah, it seems weird. I mean, I, I knew, um, I, I used to work with somebody and, uh, they never wanted to talk about their personal life at work, no matter what, like they didn't want to say, oh, I had a, you know, lunch at my grandparents' house this weekend. Like they said, they would say nothing about it. Nothing, even the most innocuous, you know, meaningless thing in their personal life. Like they simply had a rule, like this is work. I'm here to work. Um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'll talk about a movie that we've seen in common, but like no personal data was ever revealed ever. And that was just their MO and that worked for them. And, you know, like you said, everyone's different. Who knows, you know, why I, I have to feel like the person agreed to the following without really thinking it through. And then later perhaps regretted it or realized that their timeline was uh, full of inc- potentially incriminating information that it sounds like the lady who wrote in though, she wouldn't care. It didn't, it sounds like she doesn't care. And that's the well, whole thing with me yeah. is like, I don't care what you do on your own free time is your business. But she's got a little bit of a, of a tickle that it's strange that she's doing these interaction actions with their clients right. and other freelancers. That right. seems weird. So maybe one crux of the question might be, mm. 
if you think if you do think it's weird, I would think it's weird. If it happened to me, I'm broken inside. So my first thought would be, well, they must hate me and they're making fun of me. All right. That's how I would think about it, honestly. Yeah. But then, so then the question becomes: if it is bothering you and you acknowledge that it's bothering you, before we get to exactly why it's bothering you, what do you do? Do you a if you try, if you choose to make it something you address with this person? Mm-hmm. A do you address it as a personal issue? As in, like, we are workplace um, companions. Work pay- what, is, what does Ron Swanson say? Workplace proximity associates. We're workplace proximity <laughs> associates, and we have this light social bond. Did I do something to make you mad? Can I ask why you blocked me? That would be a personal approach. The more professional approach, which seems somewhat fraught, is to say, hey, look, uh, you're out there on our behalf. You're shucking and jiving with our clients. Why did you block me? Right. Is there something that you don't want me to know? I don't know which one of those makes you sound less crazy. I, I don't think it's weird to be curious about why it happened, but to the listener, I would say it's very important for you to uh, – we always come back. I always come back to this. If you take out the emotional part of it, like what's the business problem here? Like define this as a business problem. Mm, okay. And then, how, and then how would you solve it? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because if it's not a business problem, it's none of your damn business. But if it is a business problem, then I would I would consider approaching it that way. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I see. I, part of this is also you hear me walk in this minefield because there's all kinds of cray cray rules about what you are and aren't allowed to do with people, and you know people don't care or don't think about those things until somebody gets fired or quits, and then if you weren't careful about making sure your ducks were in a row with your hiring and. Uh, dismissal practices, any of that stuff, like you potentially have legal exposure. So if that person quits, or worse still, if you fire that person for cause, you know, do they have a case for saying something to you? I don't, you, you know this better than I do. I'm sure you've studied this more than me, but like once you've got employees, you're exposed as an employer. Yeah. And you know what? I think it's, it's kind of, it's kind of easier in a bigger company where there's like a policy and procedures guide and an HR department and, you know, you, we hear these horror horror stories from people in these startups and things that, that, that especially women who have met with all kinds of really, really uncomfortable situations. Yeah, and, just and hostile, hostile culture yeah, is just like and, part of the company. And even though there was an HR department, like it still wasn't handled very well. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like having a, a small company, it it really is one of those things where you, you need to have really good, positive relationships with your employees and they need to feel really, really comfortable uh, it, that, that, you know, in their own space and in their own um, in their own role and, and incredibly comfortable because, you know, like it's it's you and them, basically. And whether they're, you have one other employee or three uh, especially if you're mixing genders, you know, like it, you just have to be super, super careful. And I think, you know, having a rule like, well, I don't do like do stuff on social media with my employer, like that can kind of be a protective measure in a way, you know, just to say like, I keep, I keep that completely separate. Like maybe I'll talk about my kids, um, but like, that's it. You know what I mean? Or like some kind of mm-hmm. rule. I'm not saying I have that, but I, I know people that do, uh, or I understand why someone w- might that's, want to that, do that's, that. That's the problem I can definitely understand is that in the same way that you would want to know if somebody was, say, gossiping about you. Right. Or if they were saying something that you disagreed with and you want a chance for recourse. It's just that social media opens that up to everybody anytime about anything. Right. Um, so I'm sorry I've been clicking so much. I've been trying to find something. Um, 
And so I found it. Uh, this is, I want to talk for a second about the idea of social media guidelines. If you're a listener to this show and you work at a place that has social media guidelines you can share publicly, please, only publicly, let us know. This is an interesting thing that happened in October of last year that I definitely noticed the impact of. Headline, The Times, The New York Times, issues social media guidelines for the newsroom. Says New York Times announced on Friday an updated, and I'll put this in show notes. Um, New York Times announced on Friday an updated and expanded set of guidelines for our journalists' use of social media. The new guidelines underscore our newsroom's appreciation for the important role social media now plays in our journalism, but also calls for our journalists to take extra care to avoid expressing partisan opinions or editorializing on issues that the time is covering. And then they've got the, um, is the same interest of transparency, like here's what these things are. Here are the key points. Mm-hmm. Number one, in social media posts, our journalists must not express partisan opinions, promote political views, endorse candidates, make offensive comments, no Oxford comma, or do anything <laughs> that undercuts the Times' journalistic reputation. So I'm just here to tell you, like people that I really enjoyed following got a lot quieter. Maggie Haberman, I thought she was on freaking book leave or something. She got real quiet. Mm. Um, but it's true for a lot of people. Anyway, you can see this in show notes and go check it out for yourself, but – I mean, that's very interesting to me because the whole reason I'm even aware of most journalists today is because of social media. I mean, I could not – three years ago, I could not have told you where Josh Dozzi or Ben Jacobs or Maggie Haberman or – I could not tell you where any of those people worked, Mm -hmm. uh, Haley Bird. And now I can tell you what paper or outlet each one of those people works for, Mm -hmm. thanks in part to Max's super annoying uh, Twitter list. Um, So I just want to toss that out. Like – do you think that this is a thing that companies should have? Can they have this? Isn't this like a, a form of prior restraint, which has been roundly, roundly rejected? <laughs> I just enjoy my coffee. Tell me what you think about the idea of having social media guidelines for a company, regardless of size. Well, you know, it's really weird. I mean, there are all kinds of guidelines and whether they're fair or not, I think it is debatable. I was reading an article over the weekend that was talking about uh, NFL cheerleaders and how they're uh, very, very heavily, I would use the word controlled as like far policed. as, yeah. That, uh, the, for, for branding things and making sure it's consistent. Yeah. Right. For, for shizzle, that is real. Yeah, yeah. And also like, there's a lot of things they can't do. Like they cannot, it, interact even with any of the NFL players in, in any way. So for example, um, if they go to a restaurant and, and somebody, an NFL football player is in the restaurant, especially the team. I don't know if it extends to other teams. I imagine it would, uh, but certainly on their own team, they, they cannot eat at that restaurant. They must leave. They can't, you know, there's interesting. I I feel like I remember hearing something similar about playboy bunnies that like, there was like pretty strong restrictions about that kind of thing. Yeah, like where my where my wife's were. I, I ask I ask her about this question when it came in weeks or months ago, and she's like, "Oh, there's all kinds of guidelines where she works. I mean, there's all kinds of first of all, there's all kinds of branding guidelines at the very least. Where like if you do anything where you communicate with the public, there's all kinds of rules about what you can and cannot, must and must not do." logo usage title usage like your title in the company Mm -hmm. like you cannot do anything that makes it look like you're speaking in her case for a university um and like in a big at a big place i guess that's that's super understandable but like you look at people on twitter they have the name of the sometimes the publication like uh was it ny nyt mike or whatever like there are people who's like the name of the outlet is like in their name I, i feel like i recall this happening with npr something like five years ago where they really cracked down 
on things like Twitter usernames. I think people had to change their Twitter usernames. Really? If it had like, I feel like I remember that happening. So I don't know if this is the answer, but uh, we're still kind of evading the difficult question. But uh, anyway, mostly in the service of saying, if you work at a place that has public guidelines you can share with us, please do that because I would love to get a sampling of these. But let's get to the hard part. Mm. What should the listener do about this, if anything? Right, because she ends it. She says, um, I'm just sort of uh, stumped about it. Well, she says, should we be offended by this? Then she says, should we we say something to her? And should should we either forbid employees from friending clients or require that we can see their posts? The last one is the one that jumps out to me. And here's here's the thing. Um, Does she say what kind of – okay, Small film production company. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, from my standpoint, if your employees, your employees represent your company, they represent mm-hmm. your company, certainly while they're on the clock and anything they say and do in, you know, as, as part of their job absolutely represents you and your company. And it's true for everybody. I mean, we can agree that's true for Eddie Q and Craig Federici, correct? Yeah, for sure. Like when they speak on Twitter, they are, they, they should assume that they are speaking for, for Apple. Apple. Right. But is the, is the software developer on the Apple podcasts team, uh, who gets a Mohawk at lunchtime? Are they mm-hmm. representing Apple? You know, I can speak for one person who used to be on the podcast team. Mm-hmm who could not let anybody know that he was on a semi-popular podcast. Cause if you work for Apple, you just did not do that. Right. And so uh, you might refer to where he worked as the paper company, for example. Right. Right. <laughs> um, or the guy, remember that when this face, I'm sitting here watching uh, Mark Zucker, who's not looking any better. Um, when the thing started kicking up about Cambridge Analytica and there were over that weekend, remember there was like a handful of Facebook people kind of getting out in front of it. And then at least one of those guys was like, oh, I shouldn't have said any, anything. Like I shouldn't even have been involved in this. Like, where is the line? Yeah. Is the janitor or cafeteria worker, do they have the same responsibility as Craig Federici or Mark Zuckerberg? You know, there are lots of companies. Uh, Publix was one of them. Disney was another. Both places I worked that were very, very specific, for example, about what kind of facial hair a man uh, could have. You know, you could you, not have a beard at Disney. Right. And I don't know if they've changed that yet. I think Publix was allowing, maybe allowing you to have a beard now if it's groomed very carefully. And you would say, wait a minute, how dare you tell me uh, what I can do with or not do with my facial hair? And my response to that would be, how dare you work at this privately held company if you don't like it? Um go work somewhere else. Yeah. You know, yes, we, we can do that kind of thing. Isn't it? You know, if, if I said everybody who works for my company has to wear a white t-shirt and blue jeans, uh, and a leather jacket, like you have to do, you have to roll a pack of cigarettes up in your sleeve too. Like if that was the dress code, uh, maybe I could enforce that, you know, like it's called the James Dean dress code and you have to adhere to it. I don't, it's policy. It's policy. And if you don't like it, then, you know, you may find another job. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's, oh, look at this. Um, so I think that's, thing I said? yeah, I'm looking at it. Um, it's super interesting. This came up on, I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, that, that's all right. I just, I, I feel like if, if you are friending clients and, and they're current clients, then I would say that any interaction that you have with a client it, you're doing it on behalf of the company. You're interacting 
on behalf of the company, for the company, with the company. Mm-hmm. That's my take on it. If I had an employee who was talking to one of our sponsors, and, and I do, and she calls the sponsor and talks to the sponsor, and rep- she's absolutely 1,000% representing the show and us as a company and, and everything. Like, yeah, if I send a support, you know, if I reply to a support ticket, I'm representing Fireside to that to that company. If I, you know, put on a cowboy hat over the weekend and walk around and someone takes a picture of me and I'm wearing a cowboy hat, like that's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm representing the company by wearing a cowboy. Well, you, you would hire someone that would wear a cowboy hat. Well, yes, I would. And, and that's mm-hmm. just fine. But the same would be true. If, you know, somebody posted a picture of themselves at a party, holding a solo cup while they were, you know, wasted dancing around. Like, are they representing the company that they work for? Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. This um, I sent you a PDF and I put this in show notes. This came up on um, Do by Friday because Max was wondering, like he's um, on the one he's wondering on the one hand, like well, do they make you wear a hat at like Starbucks signature? Is that what it's called, Starbucks signature stores? Like, do, do you have to have like a cute hat? And as it <laughs> happened, Max's uh, partner um, ha- works at a, has worked at a Starbucks, and then we discovered through a listener who works at Starbucks this PDF that first of all is a beautiful PDF. Yeah, this is of, great of identity. If you've ever seen things like, sometimes you'll see leaks of like identity books, like how to use our logo and do it this way, but not that way. This is a very interesting, very well done document for employees on what you're allowed to wear. And it's pretty specific down to, so like, like color palette. <laughs> These are the kinds of the general color palette we're looking for. Hair, like this is the kind of hair stuff that's okay. Tops. Then it gets into like specifics of like, okay, this kind of this kind of plaid is too busy. This neckline is too low. Right. These pants here are too saggy. You can't have open-toed shoes or flip flops. Flip flops. Like you can have this kind of hat, but you can't have that kind of hat. You can have this visor, but not this baseball cap, and you can't wear it backwards. Specifically, you cannot specifically specifically cannot wear a cowboy hat. These kinds of neckties, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so, I mean, you know, in that case, that makes a lot of sense because it's a physical presence kind of thing. Right. But like if you're interacting with somebody on social media, you're talking to them. For me as an employee, if, especially if you're in sales. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like if, if, um, you know, if Hattie was interacting with some customer of ours, let's say Hello Pillow, right? She's interacting with Hello Pillow on Twitter. I would want to be able to see that interaction, not because I don't trust her or because I think she's saying something wrong, but I want to know what's going on in my company, my very small company. Yes. Um, I want to know yes. what the context of that interaction is. It's not like I'm going to be sitting there snooping about it. In reality, I'm not going to pay any attention to it, but I would like to know that if, if I wanted to know about that, that I'm not blocked from seeing it. And I, that's the worst part. That was her number three. That's the worst part for me is that because the employee blocked them and, and mm-hmm. I actually, if I was going to go to take an angle to try and change this, Merlin, I think I would use that as the angle and I would say, hey, listen, employee, um, you rep- I'm not saying I say it exactly this way, but this is the, the gist of it. You represent us and I, I think you're right. great. I think you're a great employee and I'm glad that you're doing a great job that you're doing and interacting with, with customers and stuff. But I... As the owner and founder of the company, I need to be able to wrap my hands around everything that's going on in the company. And and because you have me blocked on all this social media, uh, right. it makes that really difficult. I'd like to be able to see just how you're interacting with our customers. Yeah, and you wouldn't have an expectation of privacy about your company email. No, definitely not. Right, right. And so I, I feel like that's the angle to at least broach the subject and, and open the conversation to say – 
you know, would would you con- I would just would you consider unblocking me so that I can see how it is that you're interacting with them or maybe make another account that you use for the those kinds of interactions that you wouldn't mind right. for me to see. That and you know what, if you want to keep the stuff that you do personal, absolutely keep it personal. You can block me on that account. I don't need to see that either. But But then you get into stuff like are you allowed to talk about where you work? I mean, you're, you you right? end up there are some gray fuzzy lines here that mm-hmm. I think are, are definitely worth exploring. And I, I have to say, I mean, I was asking this as a as being kind of Socratic about this, but like, I think it is very fair to say that where you are in the hierarchy and what kind of work you do does have very much an impact, right? So, I mean, if you're like the Danica Patrick of that company or you're, you know, whatever, you're the spokesperson for that company, like that's, there's going to be all kinds of things you should or shouldn't do that you may be required to do. Like you may be required to change your username because that now you work for us, but you know, it's definitely going to vary. And, and so I, I personally, I think we're running a little long. I think we should keep talking about this. I don't want to cut you off. If you had more right now. Hmm. No, I'm, I'm good. Well, let me make a proposal. Here's my proposal. Um, I, th- I think this is very interesting because it is so difficult. So I have two ideas. Idea number one, I'm going to write back to the listener. I'm going to say, Hey, Tune in to episode Diggity 371 of our Back to Dance Back to Work program where we talked about this. If you would be comfortable doing so, give us a little more, despite all the wonderful context. I guess one thing I, I what is this person's job title? If you can say. Like, what is this person's, better right. put maybe, what is this person's role? Right. So I'm guessing, based on what, I'm just pure speculation, given the kind of company this is, I bet it is a, what I would call a producer or a project manager if they're dealing with freelancers who are presumably doing video production i bet it's that kind of role if it's a salesperson that's really good to know too so i would say you know maybe number two uh hey a listener hit us back i hope you enjoyed this discussion number one though to our listeners to uh, bt dubs nation if you know if you have social media public social media policies that you think are interesting especially for a company you work at and especially if you can provide a little context for how well it does or doesn't work uh you can hit us up with that on the uh, back to work page at um five by five yeah good question though huh really good one i love it and and i love that there isn't like a clear answer there's so not a clear, there's so many angles. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to exaggerate this, but I think there's a lot of angles to this. The most basic angle is on a personal psychic level of like, should this even be a thing that I'm even thinking about? But then you get beyond that, you get into so much like, cause almost every solution to this requires crossing some kind of line or making some kind of assumption that you have no reason to believe that anybody shares with you. And if this is the very first time that this has really come up, it's going to be super awkward. Nobody wants to be the test case for right. a new policy. No, that's, that's not a fun place to be. So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll talk about this more next week. I would love that. That'd be excellent. Hopefully, they'll uh, they'll listen and tell us what happened. We've had some nice exchanges with this person. Um, mm, apparently, so I've, met, I've met her in real life, apparently. Easy. Mm-hmm. No yeah. one's going to connect the dots. No, but no dots to connect. No dots. Uh, why don't you tell me about a third and final thing that you, Dan Benjamin, like? Simple contacts. Let's talk about something important. This is not a company that makes an application to simplify your contacts. It is the physical contact lenses that go right in your eyes. Mm. Though that kind of contact, that kind of contact, that kind of contacts. And this is, this is the way that it works. First of all, simple contacts, they have pretty much every brand of contact lenses available. You can find your favorite ones there. You can, uh, you can, order them and get them 
fast, easy, that kind of stuff. But they're better than just a company that sells contact lenses. Because apparently, like, you can, every kind of contact lens, no matter what your prescription is, like, you can get mm-hmm. a lens for that. My wife has been wearing contact lenses forever. And, uh, and I, t- I told her about this. This is really cool. Here's the way, here's what makes simple contacts different is if you need to renew your prescription and in, you need to have an up-to-date prescription in order to get a, an order of contact lenses, you can't just order them. They have come up with a way that you can take a five-minute vision test right on your phone or your computer. You send that to them. It's reviewed by a licensed doctor and then you receive a renewed one-year prescription and you can reorder your contacts right there. This saves you so much time, so much uh, money without insurance and even with some insurance, uh, like an exam, a vision test could cost you like 200 bucks. Their vision test is only 20 bucks. So compare that to that annual appointment. You're saving a lot of money. It's self-guided. You can do it on your own when you feel like it. It takes less than five minutes to do this. And then you can get a brand new prescription and you can uh, order your, your contact lenses. Now, some people are saying, wait, I've already been to the eye doctor within the last year. Mm-hmm. I've got yeah. one already. Yeah, that's fine. Then you just upload it and put in your order and, and you're done. It's so convenient and it's super reliable. I mean, this is designed by doctors. It's uh, licensed ophthalmologists are reviewing every test. This is the real deal. And then you go and you pick the kinds of, apparently there's all kinds of different, I don't wear contact lenses. My, my wife does and she has like one brand that's better than the other. She, for her eyes, for her vision, she's found one brand that she really likes. But they've got options for astigmatism or multifocal lenses. They've got colored contacts. They've got all the brands you're going to want to find. And, uh, and, and they have really good customer support. You can ask questions. You can reorder stuff. And you can do it via text. So you can like text them. You're like, I need new ones. They send them out. They've thought of everything. And, uh, so but- nice. One thing no, I'm is, re- that, is that a replacement for for your normal for um, your uh, periodic care? fully uh, eye exam, health exam? No, yeah, they, okay. they're not able to like do the health part of the exam. They, they still can't pull that air in your eye that it says whether you're going to have blindness, <laughs> the glaucoma, or whatever. No, <laughs> you still got yeah. it. Oh, you don't want to get that Barney Fife disease. Did okay. you know hmm. that uh, that there not only is it a puff of air, but I went to an eye doctor once where they actually want to touch something against your no, eyeball. No, no, yeah, yeah they escape, touch, escape, escape. Yeah, they touch oh. something. Against anyway, you still got to go that's and not, do that's that. That's not sanitary. I don't know how they're cleaning it with something. Yeah. I hope. Uh, anyway, this is a thing. This is not a replacement for your uh, full eye health exam. This is just for the vision test part of it. And uh, but they have a special deal for our listeners: thirty dollars off your contacts. Thirty dollars is a lot of bucks. Off your contacts at simplecontacts.com. <laughs> I'm gonna stop talking. Slash back to work. Stop helping! Stop helping! Or you can enter back to work at the checkout. So again, the URL: simplecontacts.com/slash back to work, or enter code back to work, and uh, you can save thirty dollars off your contacts. So That's thanks very bucks. much to Simple Contacts for making this show possible, Merlin Xavier Mann. A bok, a bok, bok a bok. Have you been watching Legion? Have you started watching Legion? Uh, I haven't. Neither have I. I, I haven't the watched first the first season. Yet. But no, no, it's nothing. It's me. It's not. I just. I need something light at night, and I know mm. that's going to be a pay lots attention show. That's a spooky, um, for some reason. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Boy, Mark Zuckerberg is not looking. So now we're on to <laughs> Senator Roger Wicker from Mississippi. Oh, the Zuck is not looking good. No. Users control their data on Facebook. I am totally normal. Uh, Dan, we helped a lot of people this week. I'm going to ah. go eat a cheeseburger before I die. Where, where are you going to get it from? 
can't say, but it's a local place. Is it like it's a, a like a, a big chain or a- nope, no, no, no chain, no chain. It's it, it's a local. Um, I'm gonna have um, I'm having a burger, some tallow fries, and, and a small side of chili. Well, they do beef tallow fries there. Beef tallow fries. Oh, oh Darth says, says those are the best kind of fries. They're the best by far. Mm-hmm. Not even close. Did you see the? Um, did you see the little loop of? Um, well, let me send this to you. Just one, one last, one last little, little, little topper. Have a look at that. I'm looking. Oh, and um. Oh yeah, look at that. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? Jones Barbecue and Foot Massage. That's funny. I like Isn't that. It good. It's pretty good. That's a, a great. Yes, I like that. I put it in show notes for the episode. You go to five by five TV slash. Oh, we're sorry. Something's happened. Something went wrong. Where? Uh, oh, something went wrong. Where? With what? It doesn't like the tutor. I'll put it in by hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. You go to 5 by 5tv slash B2W slash... 371. Simple Contacts, Hello Pillow, Slack. We helped a lot of people. Uh, hit us up with your uh, social media guidelines. And I, I just want to... we'll block you! I just want to say I'm, a, I'm offended hmm? that they allow... The ridiculous hipster sock hat. I don't even know what that's called, hmm. but you know where it's basically like a like a stretchy sock that pe- that the guys put over their head. Yes, they allow that, but they don't allow a cowboy hat in Starbucks. Starbucks. Uh, it's kind of racist for sure. They allow it. They hat. allow a, a full tr- uh, fedora, <sighs> but not a, not a cowboy hat. Truly. You can't have. You also, the, if you I'm want, offended like, uh, as a Texan. I'm very offended. Well, if you want animal stripes on your fedora with loud pattern, mm-mm. Mm-mm. no tone on tone logo, no floppy brims that impede vision. Mm. Too busy. Too but busy, what's wrong busy. with the cowboy hat? What they're afraid? What's I wrong get, with the cowboy hat? There, you're gonna bump the the brim of it because it's a larger they're brim. That you're uh, all cattle, no coffee. <laughs> as you say. Uh, yeah, that's what we say. <laughs> okay, let's button this up. All I right. love you. Love you too, Merlin man. <laughs>